Uh, 40. I'm 40. And in terms of a podcast, I'm 40. I'm 40. You must feel young. <laughs> That's mean. He is the wind. She is the wave. And together they make up the band. They call the wind and the wave. They're not related. They're best buds. They're BFFs for life. Hashtag BBIT dubs. It's the Dwight and Patty Show. The Dwight and Patty Show. It's the Dwight and Patty Show. It's Dwight. Hello. Welcome to episode 40 of the Dwight and Patty Show podcast. Yeah. Um, that was a very mean thing what you said. It wasn't mean. I'm 47. That's true. Um, and that 40 would be nice. Yeah. I remember turning 40 thinking it was really old. It's actually not. And um, But I have the svelte and powerful body of, a, of an 18-year-old stallion now from my workouts. Mm. So, um, you know, if I was just walking down the street, people would be like, is that guy 25? Uh, and I'd be like, hmm, no, 47. And they'll be like, no way. And I'll be like, I know my amazing yeah, shoulders. And you would just raise your shoulder, shoulders like that in question. Like, I would just mm, go, hmm. I and I know that my amazing shoulders make you think that I'm younger. And my taut buttocks, mm. gluteus maximus. But it's actually not true. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually 47. I just have the body of a young stallion. Would you agree with that? Congratulations. Just... Wow. You know? Wow. <laughs> I'll take that as agreement. Um, I, kept, I catch you looking at me these days. Yeah. And, um, you know. That's why. It's one of the burdens of being as fit as I, as I am now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's something I'm going to have to learn to live with. Not because I have nowhere else to look because our twin beds are one inch apart. It's no, not because of that. No, and I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to me to you or me to anybody. I'm good with you checking me out a yeah. little bit. Just because I know it's like, how is that possible? How does he look so young? It's not because you're like running around the hotel room in your underwear trying to kill a hornet. It's not like, it's not because of Do that. Do you know that, okay, I got stung by a hornet in our hotel room in, in near Bath, England, and... um Patty had zero sympathy for me, and I don't appreciate that. But also, I still have a mark. I wanted to sting you. So, like, I was, like, happy when when it stung you. I'm sorry. I still have a scab. There's nothing on your leg. I still have a scab. I believe you that it hurt. I'm sure it did. In that spot, I still have a scab. I'm just telling you right now, hornets hurt like shit when they sting you, and you don't know until you know. Um, and yes, I did chase it around in my underwear trying to kill it, and I did destroy possibly a $15,000 chandelier that I, had to, brought down the chandelier that I had to put back together, but I got that motherfucker, and, and, it, and it was dead, dead, and I liked it. Um, we have no new Patreons this week, and that's fucking bullshit. Of course, as we all know, my feelings on that, um, you know, tell a fucking friend about our podcast and get them to, you know— Participate in it by either email or a review or a Patreon donation because, you know, this is not easy to do. It's not easy to talk and, and find time it's to do it. It's not easy for you to talk. <laughs> Again, mean. Um, and I, um, 
sometimes want to do it and I sometimes don't, but it definitely helps when I feel support from fans and everything to want to do it. Like if you feel like you're being listened to, it's way more fun to talk um, than if you feel like you're not being listened to. Just like spewing into the abyss. Yeah. I have zero interest in doing that. Um, you know, and we don't have a ton of listeners, but we have enough that to me it makes it worthwhile. And we don't have a ton of Patreon members, but um, we have enough to where it makes it feel worthwhile to me. But if you have friends that you think would be interested in what we're doing, just, you know, say check out whatever your favorite episode was. And maybe they'll become a fan, too. And then you guys can talk about it over coffee. Hey, what are you doing for uh, Thanksgiving this year? We're here at the compound. You're here at the house. With the family, yeah. Like a like the full fam? Like full fam. Brothers and sisters and mom and pop. and everything. Full fam. Why? I don't know. I just don't know what I'm doing yet. Well, if you guys need a place for turkey, come over here. Well, I don't eat turkey, but. You know what I mean. Susie's going to have your, this, your, your. Maybe I should just make it. Your recipe. Yeah. That I'm just Bring saying. over the corn casserole. If you want to come, you are invited. It will be fun. There'll be kids and swimming and hot tubbing and swimming. What hot tubbing? Hot tubbing yeah. and uh, the whole fam will be here. Yeah. So I'm going to San Antonio for Christmas. Okay. I'm just saying, if you and Kev need a place to eat, you got it here. You are officially invited. Let me know though, because Susie likes those things planned. I totally get that. Susie and, she and I like, are on the same level. Right, and she likes to know. I like to who's know who's cooking what, and if you're bringing something, and if the it's all very important. I'll email Susie. Okay. She would love that. Oh, which, by the way, I probably deleted it. Let me see if mm. I did. Pumpkin cheesecake. No, no, no. Pumpkin cheesecake? I don't like cheesecake, but pumpkin. Pumpkin cheesecake? Have you had pumpkin cheesecake? I haven't. Cheesecake? Is it good? Okay. But what's the other dessert that you made that I really liked? I made? Did you make banana pudding one time? No. Gigi sometimes comes and makes banana pudding, but I always like banana pudding. Ooh, maybe maybe I should learn how to make that banoffee. Oh, maybe I should amazing. learn how to make that. Make the banoffee. Okay. You bring a banoffee. So anyway, my mother, 74-year-old Susie Lani, texted me. A young 74. Spry. Oh, incredibly a, young. Really? I mean, if like, you saw on, her, honestly. you would not think she was 74. You might like, think she was maybe 60, 60? Yeah. 65 yeah. If, on a bad Early day. Early 60s, yeah. But definitely. she carries herself around very well, mm-hmm. and she's very hip, Yeah. just so you know. She uses emojis. <laughs> anyway. I do too now. So she texted me, if I buy dark yellow shoes, will I be a wind and wave groupie? And I said, I, uh, I said, yes, you will. She said, well, what brand are you in Patty's? And I sent her links to both. Mm-hmm. And I think she's going to go with the Adidas. Yeah? Yeah. Well, so Susie Lonnie is on the yellow shoe train because she thinks they're so cute. They are. Anyway. Um, should we get into these last few emails in our box because no one is sending us emails anymore? Yeah, take it out of my box. But let me say this, always inappropriate, but let me say this. You, 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 I'm talking to you. Me? Nope. Oh. You. Okay. You. You know who this is. I'm talking to you. You. You who is sitting there right now. Right now. And you've never sent us an email. But you've listened to over 20 episodes. And you're thinking about it. And you've thought, I should send them an email. You should. I-, I should communicate to them that I love what they do and that I have this one specific question. I want to know the answer. And I think you should do that right now. I think you should just fucking pause where we're at 
Or if you're a multitasker, just do it while you continue listening to this podcast and send us an email. There are several people that have sent us over three emails. And this next email I'm going to read, this guy sent us like 250. So I'm just saying, take a little time out of your busy, busy day. It's busy. And send your favorite band and podcasters an email and just let's let's chat. Let's chat about what you want to chat about, right? Mm-hmm. Is it fitness? Well, I have lots to say about fitness now because I have the body of a 19-year-old stallion. Is it how to train your dog? Which you don't want advice from Patty on because her dog will bite you and he's like seven. Is it making babies? Which I could give you advice on because literally I have super sperm and if I want to make a baby, bam, baby. That's how it works. I've only wanted to twice. Do you nope. think there's still two super? once and I have to, huh? Do you think they're still super? Do you think they kind of slowed down a little bit? <laughs> or maybe because you're going to well, Orange Theory, they're like all pumped up um, again? Well, first off, I got a vasectomy, so they're not anything. Oh. They're dead. <laughs> um, uh, and I don't generate the baby-making stuff anymore. You can reverse that, though, can't you? Only in the first 10 years. I'm already past my stuff. Oh. And I don't want any more ch- children yeah, on this planet. The children I have are perfect. What about adopting? If I was super wealthy, Sarah and I, I know this, if we were super wealthy and just could really provide and not take away from our our own children, just provide. Yeah, just right. right, And just provide a stable environment for a kid who came up in a tragic situation. Absolutely. And I would definitely adopt older kids, kids that get passed by once they're six years old, you Mm know, and give them just a great high school and a great. Middle school and stable environments and gymnastics and whatever they're fucking into, I would do that for sure. And I respect people that do. Sarah has a friend, and I don't even think they're that wealthy. I think they just make it work. Um, like everybody does. Just good people. Um, she, it's a, she's a wedding planner lady. So she, Sarah, my wife, owns a salon and does hair and and does a lot of weddings. And she works with this lady a lot. But this lady, has, they, I think they've adopted like six children. It's crazy. And they just live out there and dripping on the farm and they all just exist. And it's, um, wow. Is I just it because they think, needed farmhands? Is that why? It may be, but it doesn't matter. I just think like, it's wow. beautiful though. Like those people are, in their, their, you can, they're such nice people. And they can tell their kids are so fucking grateful to have a home. It's got to be a wonderful feeling, and I would do it if I if I really could do it, but also, like you said, be a little selfish and live my life. So I could have an au pair. I could have people helping out. Mm-hmm. And then also take them to the ball game and go watch it and do all the stuff that I like to do. It would be great. And it'd still be more stable than some home or something. All right, so let's just jump into some emails. Okay. How the fuck did we end up on that conversation? Anyway, this is from our super-duper super fan slash enemy, Johnny Jones. It says, hi, Dwight. Hi, Patty. Um, I heard you were out of questions. See? Now, this is this is doing it right, though, P. Like, you hear we're out of questions, so you fill the void, you mm-hmm. know? Fill the Everyone void. can do this, not just fucking Johnny. So I guess it's up to me once again. You're correct. It's probably no surprise that I don't make first-grade impressions on people, which leads me to my next podcast question for Dwight. As a producer, when you get new clients in the studio, 
what makes a good impression on you and what makes a bad impression personally and or from a business standpoint? Like like a musician? Like a client? Yeah. Like a band or a musician mm-hmm. or whatever. <clears throat> um, I like bands that like each other. It's really important for me. I've been making so many records of, over the last 20 years and 25 years. And um, it's, when a band has a lot of camaraderie and they like to cut up and they're super silly and everything, I really like that. Um, I like bands that are themselves and don't feel the need to be a certain way in front of me. Or like be too cool. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, so I love when there's a, because I, you know, I was an athlete growing up and I really l- miss the locker room thing. I miss like a group of men hanging out, being silly and cutting up. So it's the closest thing I get to that feeling is being on a team, is is making a record with five guys in a band. I feel like I'm on a team for a little bit. I think the word locker room is like a trigger for me now. Probably. It's weird. It just makes me feel weird things. Probably, but you know what I mean. I know what you mean. I mean to be like a member of a team. Yeah. You know? And um, and also, I was in plenty of locker rooms that may have been a little off color, but in the same way you're off color. And, you know, aren't weren't hostile environments and weren't a bunch of assholes. So right. I'm sure there are places that are There's assholes. assholes everywhere. Yeah. And a lot of that comes from when you're a teenager, a boy is the coach. And if the coach is a good man and demands that from his team, then you're, you're he's, the locker room's a bunch of good men who are going to do silly things also. Um, so I, it makes a good impression on me when someone is themselves. And also it makes a good impression on me when someone's driven uh, but willing to learn, especially when they're in a young band. I like people that listen to me in the way of like, even if it's different than what they thought, they try it before they go, uh, um, because oftentimes they'll go, oh yeah, that's so much better. I never would have thought of that. Or I tried it. I don't like it. And I'm like, good. I'm glad you tried it. You hard, know? hard workers though. I, right, like you don't like to wrangle people. Well, no, and I like to show up and work. As you know, you know, you know, except for the fact that I've been working out more and I've been showing up later because I'm a svelte stallion, like I said. Right. Um, I used to, when I'm not in a workout, I show up at 9 a.m. and I, I'm ready to work by 10. I want the band ready to go and I want to walk out of here when I can at 6.30 at the latest. Right. I want to go out to dinner and I don't want to come back. So wrangling people and babysitting, that's not your thing? Nope. Um, um, I find it interesting and self-aware that he realizes he doesn't always make the first greatest first impressions. Maybe Johnny. he's aware of it now because of your dialogue. No, it seems like he knows it. And I think he knows it. I mean, he's, he's a personality, you know? I think yeah. with personalities, you either like them or, or loathe them. I think Johnny probably comes across way better in person than he does writing sometimes. Because he's a great writer, but right. he's also like very quick and mm-hmm. and a little dirty with his with his stuff a little knifey mm-hmm. and um knifey i bet you in person over a pint it comes over funny mm-hmm. you know i probably would really like johnny in person so maybe i'll get to meet him someday okay so um there's a question for you here okay from johnny in my 20s i received some great advice that i still follow today which leads me to my next podcast question for patty what is some good advice that has stuck with you personally and from a business standpoint? 
over the course of your music career? That's it? Yep. Um, advice. I mean, I, I think it could be advice. I think it could also be just watching people work and like going like, oh, that's how you should do that. You know? Yeah. Um, well, I think it's important to, uh, yeah, I don't know that this has ever been advice, but, um, I think it's important for me as a female, um, to stick my hand out and shake people's hands. Like I've always been in, I've always been around men that shake each other's hands and I'm, I stick my hand out and I shake and I shake, I think I shake my hand like a man. Like I, I have a strong handshake. I think that's a good thing and it's underrated. Yeah. So, um, but I've been, I've been in circles before where everyone's shaking each other's hand and then my hand just like doesn't get shaken and it's just like really weird. It's been a while since that's happened because I think that was the moment when I realized, um, that I needed, I needed to, um, be more present and people needed to know that they needed to shake my fucking hand. Um, like. Yeah, you were a bit of wallflower when I first met you. Yeah, Definitely. But like like Jen was saying on her episode, like taking up space, I feel like I feel like men in general take up a lot of space, but because they've been they've always they've never known anything different, you know, whereas a lot of women typically will will try not to take up space and try to make room for others. Um, I think a certain type of man takes up space and a certain type of man definitely doesn't. Sure. But there, those, there are always. But rules. women in general, I think, have exceptions to the rule. But I just feel like, in, like across the board, it's more typical for men to take up space and women mm. for make room for, for others. And um, I think it's important to. Well, you're raised that way, right? Space. Yeah, definitely. Be, be quiet. Yeah, be quiet. Sit like a lady. Mm. Like be, you know, be polite. You know, all those things. So I will say, I know a lot of dads that aren't raising their daughters that way. Yeah, and I think that's probably changing the, yeah. like my son. I know for a fact don't think about sexual I mean about uh, uh gender genders at all. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a completely irrelevant conversation to them. Right. They think everything should be equal and that's just the way it should be. There's no question that that's how it should be to them. You know. Yeah. So I like people to know who I am and I like to know who people are. So even if I'm not working with them but they're around, I like to introduce myself and What's your role around here? Like, I just like to know who whoever. Yeah, I mean, sometimes if someone was raised a bit differently or they're not used to shaking a woman's hand or whatever, I think you just got to put your goddamn hand right. in their hand. Right. And grab it with the other one and do the old, like, extra shake shake, you know? Yeah, I don't do the double hand shake. But... I like to do the double occasionally <laughs> uh-huh. because it's a little bit dominating. Oh. And I like to look them right in their eye with a good, strong handshake, mm-hmm. just like, sup. Sup. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Patty's advice is have a strong handshake and fucking use that shit. Be present. I'm here. Um, also, I've tried to give your show the five-star review that it deserves, but unfortunately iTunes doesn't work on my PC at home or at work. That's because you're on a fucking PC. Get Ew. off of it. Ew. Enjoy Europe before the world explodes. Johnny. Thank you, Johnny. That was a good email. We appreciate it. Keep them coming, even though we tell you not to. Please do. We'll just read all Johnny Jones emails, I guess. Um, let's move on. How about? 
Um, it looks like I have two emails from this guy. Okay. This is um, from Paul Watt. Okay. Says, hey, just wanted to send an email. Saw you support Kelly Jones in Edinburgh. Edin- what is it? Edinburgh. Edinburgh and Glasgow, which I loved seeing you play. Didn't know anything about you. Can't lie and say I did. But after those gigs, I started listening to your music a lot and found your podcast and caught up with that. Good hearing you talk about what you do and how you manage life in general. So this week, I just saw you again supporting Kelly and Dundee. What's great about that gig was I basically saw two gigs for the price of one. Um, hold on. Okay, sorry. This is a longer email than I thought. I'll just re- keep reading. Is that okay? okay? Yeah. Um, on looking for a set list, I came across an article. Um, you may not like this comparison, but can't say I'm a big. Oh, okay. I I remember what this was now. He for some reason the image isn't popping up, mm-hmm. but he sent us a link or a picture of an article that basically said we were like Mumford and Sons and something else. Mm-hmm. It was a nice. It was a nice. Like the opener was stunning. It was like you know they're Mumford and Sons. Order. I don't care about people's references anymore. I don't either. You may like this comparison, but can't say I'm that big of a fan of Mumford and Sons and think your songs are much better than anything they have released. Well, I personally do like Mumford and Sons. I think they're a great band. Um, do you have do you have one regret when Patty said she would be at merch stand after you played? I really wanted to come say hi, but uh, this is interesting. But let my anxiety. Of the thought of others being around, feeling pressure of any form of audience from individuals when trying to talk, put me off from going. I get that. Maybe with some alcohol in me, I would have gained some fake confidence to do it, but I was driving 20 miles north of Aberdeen straight after the gig. No, so, it's another, so it's another regret in my life not coming to talk to someone I will probably never get a chance to speak to in person ever again, which just leaves me more disappointed in myself. Well, Will you comment on that, P? I mean, I'm just a super nerdy person, like, anyway, so... Who is also filled with anxiety. Who is, uh, yeah, also, I was probably anxious walking out there anyway myself, so just, I mean, first of all, y- you didn't really, like, miss anything. Like, it's not a big fucking deal. It's just, hi, how are you? And also, you know, anxiety's not a flaw, it's it's something that it's, it's just a, part of being a human being. It's a safety measure too. If you look back on it in terms of how we've come up, you know, you, you, you there's a part of you that protects yourself from certain things, and that's okay. But I will say that musicians, especially that's which I'm assuming is the most of the people you've talked yourself out of going up and saying ho- hello to, and maybe some of those have been blessings in disguise because yeah. some people are assholes. But you never in know. general, musicians are are. are we're attention-seeking. We really like people that like what we do, and we like to hear from them. So yeah. I would say yeah. if you're feeling anxiety about saying hello to a particular musician, plan what you're going to say. Make it really simple. It can be something like, hey, I thought you guys were really great tonight. I'm a big fan. And just stop. Period. End of story. And hug or shake hands, whatever the artist is comfortable with. Buy a T-shirt and move on. Then, well, The more you practice that... Planning what you're going to say and just go in there and just do it. Um, or, a fan that says hi to me with a T-shirt in their hand gets a little bit more love. Yeah. Well, I mean, we I've had fans that have been shaking when they met me. And it's just the oddest thing to me. They're they're trembling. And um, 
Um, but I'm glad they did. And, you know, and I would just say you are missing out on some stuff a little bit by just not facing some of those fears a little bit. And I would say if you can bring yourself, even if you go, hey, y'all are great, and walk off, which I have had. Mm-hmm. I've had a person come up and go, I thought you guys were incredible. And just spin and I've walk off. I've had a person off. not say anything and just come up and just move, just be like, can I give you a hug? Yes. Yeah. And then they get a hug and then they walk away. Yeah. Just All fine. those things are okay. And they'll make you feel better and us feel better. Yeah. Well, so, and part of my anxiety going out there is I'm like, is anyone even going to be there? Does anyone even care And there's about always what I did? huge <laughs> lines of people to see you. Sometimes. I think I, what did I come out twice on this tour? I actually came out twice. Yeah. That's a good thing to tell you. Paul, I have major phobias about meeting people, and I stay backstage most times. Patty isn't as bad as me and goes out and is nice to say hello to people, but I did it. I went out twice this time, and I had a great time. So, again, sometimes just challenging yourself to do it differently is a good thing. Honestly, sometimes I just go out there because I just need, like, some different human interaction. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because I'm, I'm on the bus with the same people every day. I see the same people every day, or I see you every day, and or I'm by myself, and I'm Which just we like— we all know how much you hate seeing me every day. just need a little bit of a different interaction with other humans. It feels good. Yep. So— so he says, should really get to my question rather okay. than rambling on about life's yeah, flaws. We're, we're rambling See, it's too. not a flaw. Question is, how do you both react when playing in gigs like that? As when you started playing, there wasn't too many people or too much reaction, mm-hmm. which frustrates even myself because you were killing it with your songs. And even Dwight indirectly commented about the reactions, suggesting that more alcohol should be consumed. <laughs> yeah. Um. So how does it feel when the venue is still like half full? Like when we walk up opening and it's half full and it's filling up is what he's asking. I don't mind that. As an opener, I don't mind that at all. And then how does it feel when you play the last few songs to the almost full audience with loud loud cheers and big appreciation? Feels great. I honestly, I don't really notice what the crowd looks like when I walk out there because I'm just kind of just doing my own thing and probably my eyes are closed for the well, first yeah. few songs anyway. And beyond that, in those theaters, the lights are in your eyes and you can't yeah. even see the crowd. We don't know how many people are there. Yeah. That's the truth. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. And 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 honestly, as an opener, I don't care. That's my. That's not where my focus is. I'm just like... Doing the best show and I'm earning just, the, the people's... The like people who said. are there mm-hmm. is going to earn their love... And I'm going to do the best I can, and that's all I can do. You know, it's not my gig, so there's there's a lot less pressure going on in terms of, like, how many yeah. tickets did we sell? Blah, blah, do you blah. feel it when you are playing, or do you come off in reflection later and have more pride and joy knowing the gig ended positively? I think it's just more of the same. For me, it's if we had a good show from start to finish, I feel good about the show. And sometimes if we don't, I don't feel good. And it is hard to shake that. Yeah, it almost has nothing to do with... The crowd. Yeah, the crowd. That's what's weird. Somet- sometimes. The crowd can elevate a show. The crowd can elevate a show and they can take away from it. But so- but sometimes, it, it a lot of times it has nothing to do with anything just other than where my mind is at. And he says, much love, Paul. Yeah. Oh, here's that review. I can just go ahead and read it. Okay. Surprisingly, a lumberjack-shirted figure, Kelly himself, emerges to the darkness of the stage to introduce the support act. The wind and the wave. These guys hail from Austin, Texas, and are two-piece for this outing. They mentioned that they were part of a bigger outfit, but Kelly asked them to do something stripped back. They consist of a female vocalist and a male guitarist vocalist and performed a 45- to 50-minute set 
of folk country and sort of crossover Celtic Western style. Celtic Western? I think there's something like Aberdeen, which oh, is okay. kind of Celtic. Yeah. For a few tracks, the girl whose voice was divine played mandolin and the mix of male-female vocals and the finger-picked acoustic along with Stompbox beat had elements of Mumford & Sons. Great opener really set the scene for a relaxed evening with Mr. Jones. That was from, I think, the Dundee paper hmm. there. So Mr. thanks for us sending us that, Paul. A um, couple more questions. Then we'll close this guy up. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Um, that, close this lady up. Maybe it's a lady. Close this lady up. Um, from our good friend Scott Graham. Scott. He says, hey. P.S. I listened to his his record just the other day. Mm -hmm. And I. Yes, our friend Scott Graham has a record out now. You should go check it out. Yeah, Scott Garrett Graham. The record is called Through the Looking Glass. Just came out a few months ago. It's good. It's real good. And I heard heard lots of, um, like, the two main influences that that I kind of latched onto were, I, I felt like a lot of Dawes. I felt there was like a lot of Dawes action in there. Yeah. And I also felt a lot of Nickel Creek action in there. I would doubt that either one of those is an actual. Sure. Yeah, I just I just mean those his. are my reference. Like that's what I was hearing. He's like me. A lot of his shit comes from like late 80s power pop and mid 90s power pop. Mm-hmm. And, um, I bet you he likes the Water Boys, mm. you know. Um, it says, I'm glad we pinpointed off air. Who the actual salad slurper was yeah, slash it wasn't is, me. not Patty. And yes, my previous question of the band name origin was indeed satirical. Yeah, I know. But I do have a serious question that's perplexed me for years now, and it does involve the band name origin. This is, this is probably good because most people don't know this. Okay. Around 2012, before Wind and Wave became a band... We were all in an email thread songwriting group called The Wind and the Wave. True. Including members like David Butler of Missio, Todd Sapio and Matt Graham of Language Room, Dietrich Schmidt, myself, others. I thought that your first album started a month or so into this writing group after Patty eventually started writing and are recording her submissions from your studio with Dwight Recording Art. Was that the truth? Is that how it worked? Well, my mama came out of the writing right, group. and she wasn't recording at me. She was doing just some bullshit garage band stuff. Yeah, or just um, phone recording. The Wind and a Wave originally started as a way for us to throw concerts. We did two different South by Southwest for our productions. friends that couldn't get into South by Southwest. So, so we were we just threw like, okay, all right, we'll just throw our own showcase, and it was the Matchbox showcase at South by Southwest. Right, it was put the, on by the wind, presented yeah. by the wind and the wave, which is what we called ourselves. Which is what we, which is what we called you and me, just yeah. like anything we did. It was yeah. just like it was the wind and the wave presents the Matchbox. Show and those were South actually Southwest. both South by Southwest shows were sold out. They uh, were at capacity the whole time. And Patty, had, because she's so good at getting sponsors, we had, they were completely paid for yeah, too. We were, they were completely paid for. We free had free food, beer, yeah. free food. We had like one of those photographer. They were hits. We did one at Antone's, the old location, um, and one somewhere on West on Dirty Six. 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 Dirty Six, yeah. yeah. But it both went really well. Great. 
Um, so that's where that came from was we just decided and you had already had the conversation with Kevin. Well, here, he goes on. So where did this notion of the project name originate if y'all hadn't already decided to start an album together? Didn't Ken, Kevin accidentally name the songwriting group, which would later become the band name? Yes. You, We weren't looking for a band name. You and Kevin were having a conversation about V and the Wave, and yeah, and, and, I, and he you said thought he the, said the wind and the wave. He said the wind and the wave, and I was like, that's not what I said, but that sounds really cool. I'm going to write it down. Right. And then it became our project name, just whatever we were doing together. Yeah. Then it became the songwriting group name. Then it became the band name. Yeah. And then we were, yeah, when we did the record, it was like, okay, well, this is just the wind and the wave then, obviously. And then he offers a little advice. Also, I highly recommend listeners start listening, week, uh, start start weekly songwriting group projects if you're looking to hone your craft. It helped me tremendously by breaking me out of my shell and showing other more talented artists rough drafts of my songs. Peace and love, Scott Garrett Graham. That is true. I will say, you know, the way the songwriting groups work, and we based ours on on Bob Schneider's group, which has been going for 20 years, and I don't know how they do that because it's an insane schedule. The songwriting group is also a podcast, too, Yeah, he's got a podcast, but just his songs that he writes Mm -hmm. every week. Um, But I will say that what you do is you come up with a phrase, some person in the group. It needs to be quite a few writers, you know, five or six writers for it to really probably your minimum for people to be beholden to each other. But um, what it does is one person comes up with a uh, a um, phrase or a word each month, and you have to work that word or phrase into your song lyric, and you have to turn in a song a week, record it on your iPhone, or some people do full demos, or it can be whatever you want. But you'd be surprised, unless you write for a living and you're writing every day, what having to deliver a song a week actually entails. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you can stick to it for a year, the brilliance of it is is you have 52 songs at the end of that. Mm-hmm. Song, like you'll never write that many songs in a year in general, but it will get all the bullshit out and you'll find some really good songs in there. Every Bob Schneider record for the since Lovely Creatures is made up 100% of songs that he wrote during the songwriting game, I know that Jason Mraz is in that He's group. He's just like never and not his, in the game, though. Right. That's Jason the Mraz's point. records have come from that. I'm yours. All that shit. He's never not in the, the game, and that's group. the point is that the spigot is never off. Yeah. So it, 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 Scott's right. If you do want to really push yourself to be creative, do something like that. They also have a poetry group they do, um, and I would advise that. Or you could do some sort of short story group. Or maybe it's one short story a month. Anything that's going to make you ec- uh, exercise your Would your you brain. Someone has a poetry group. Is that what you said? Yeah, Bob and them. Yeah, Just they also. That's why Ted has his book of poetry. It's from I those, own it. That's from the poetry group. Oh, okay. That's how that is. That's the same thing. So they all have a phrase that they work into a poem. It's crazy. Um, this is separate from the songwriting group. Sep- totally separate. I'm going to need to look that up. Yeah. So my point being. Um, and this just goes to regular, you know, non-musicians or non-creatives. If you just like our podcast and you're listening, you know, the same way you would start a book club with your girls, you know, and you would sit around once a week or once a month and talk about a particular book that you were all reading. You could all write a poem and talk about each other's poems. It's just a, it's really good for you to exercise your creative brain. It really is. Um, 
So yeah, I highly recommend that. You're you're right, Scott. Um, and we have one more email. Um. Oh well, this is well, this just gives us something to talk about, really. That's the whole point of the email. Well, I mean, I, I it's a private email, so I shouldn't oh. read it, but. It's basically the video requests mm-hmm. um, for this person, uh, for Mike, of what <clears throat> what he wants when he joined that tier. Will you tell people about that tier and what you get from that tier one more time, just so they know? On Patreon, what what is it again? Oh, you don't you don't. I, I re- honestly, I can't I can't remember. Uh, the high rollers get a video, right? Well, of yes. whatever song they want of ours. Mm-hmm. They have to let us know which song they want, and then we will record a video of us playing that song acoustically for them to thank them. Um, th- wasn't I also sending out some swag, like a bandana? Yeah, and I think a bandana yeah. comes also. So, so you have to send me your address, too. I'll get on Patreon and ask you for it. So um, it's a pretty cool thing, though, because we do a you know an, an acoustic version of the song and just sit there and do it and send it to you and it's yours, and um, I think that's a pretty cool thing. If I could have gotten the Cure or somebody to do that for me just by donating to their cause back in the day, I would have it would have blown my in mind. In a heartbeat, it would have blown my mind. Yeah, can you imagine? It would have blown my fucking mind. So um, it's a pretty cool thing, and you guys should think about it because you can jump up and do. You know, a 20, you know, be a high roller and then just jump right back down. That's how it works. Yeah, do it for a month. Um, So, yeah, I'll just tell you, this guy decided, he was trying to decide between Before the World Explodes and Neon Prayer Flags. Mm -hmm. And he went with Before the World Explodes. Okay. I can do that. He says, "If if if a donation to get another video like Neon would work, then let me know. I mean, I'm, I'm good with that. Yeah. You want to double up one month or whatever? That's fine. I can do that. Um, but that's on our regular email, Patty. If you want to email him back, and that's a, our good friend Mike Fern. Okay. All right. Um, so I guess that's it for our fortieth episode. Which you know, maybe there's one more, maybe there's five more, maybe that's the last one. I don't know. But um, why don't you take us out, Patty, and let the people know what you're thinking about. Well, hopefully next week I will have um, updates from my experience at Dan Savage's Hump Fest, which I'm very much looking forward to. Um, So look forward to that. Um, Thank you for listening, and thank you for being a Patreon supporter if you are one. Thank you so much for taking the time to write us an email um, if you've already done that. And if you haven't, I know you're you're planning on it and you're gonna drop everything that you're doing right now to do it. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go ahead and say thank you so much for doing that. Um, and uh, oh oh review us on on iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast. Um, five stars will do. And, um, and, um, I love myself. Okay. Bye. It's the Dwight and Patty Show. The Dwight and Patty Show. It's the Dwight and Patty Show.